Did he bend the knee? And how did he do it? Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Easier with a Friend. We are two friends who love to share stories and reminisce. I am Chi, and this is Elaine. And today we are concluding our special two-part series with a look back at both our engagement stories, and also wanted to share some tips for our listeners who may be looking to pop the question soon. Yep. Interestingly enough, both Chi and I, as well as a couple of our other friends, all got married in May. So leading up to the month of May, we thought it would be fun to do a little look back at our engagements. So it's going to be interesting how much we each remember about this. Many of you know that Nick and I are only about to hit two years, whereas Chi and Tony have been married nearly nine years. It has been a little while, hasn't it? I think because we had known each other for 10 years and know each other very well. And we definitely talked about the serious questions before, like kids, finances, family, goals, dreams, all of those things. So we discussed wanting to get engaged, wanting to get married. And we definitely talked about the proposal itself. There was no topic that we didn't talk about. We talked about everything. And one of the things that I had really always wanted and loved is a good diamond. I am otherwise a very frugal person. I don't really spend much on my hair, my nails, my makeup, my clothes, my car. I'm not a big spender, but I blame it on my mom who has a huge love of jewelry that I have always loved a good diamond. And I'm not talking about just like, oh, I want it to be brand name like Cartier or Tiffany or something like that but I wanted a good quality diamond that is of a decent size. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think you might as well go ahead and say it. So our listeners aren't wondering what you mean. (laughs) Just go ahead and put it out there. Yeah. So I wanted a Jubilee cut diamond, good quality, meaning good cut, good color, all of those things. Now, again, for those who are thinking, oh my God, she is crazy. She is financially irresponsible. Yes. Yes. I admit (laughs) this is not something I would recommend if you are going down the financially responsible route. But like I said, I don't have purses that are expensive. I don't have shoes that are expensive. I'm a low maintenance girl otherwise, but I really wanted a nice diamond. And I wanted a particular cut that was actually out of production, but lucky for me, right around the time that we were thinking about getting engaged, they began production again, but it was for a short period of time. We had shopped for a diamond together. I had picked out like, I think two or three that were within the price range. And then after that, he made the final selection on which one. And then he put the band and the ring and everything else together. And I remember it was on a random Wednesday or something like that. He had gotten home from work and said, "Hey." I made reservation for us at this fancy restaurant in city center. Let's just go have dinner tonight. And I have to fully admit I was suspicious, but then we went to dinner, nothing happened. He was just chatting as usual. And I was just kind of like, oh, I guess I look too much into it. (laughs) (laughs) So after dinner, we kind of walked around and talked. And then he was like, oh, let's go up and see this hotel. Because if you don't know this about me, I really love hotels. I love staying in hotels. I love fancy hotels. And so when we went into the room, it was 
fully lit with candles and rose petals. And it was beautiful. It was just so beautiful. And then that's where he got down on one knee and asked me and gave this whole speech. It was really touching, but that's how he asked me. And I am very touched by the effort. He said he had a really hard time trying to figure out how to surprise me since we kind of know each other so well. And we spent so much time together that he really didn't have time to go off and plan something. Yeah. I mean, I think I think all girls kind of have an idea sort of of when it's coming up, because most of the time your guy's not going to be freaking James Bond about it. You know, He's <laughs> not a spy, an internationally trained anything. And so, I mean, circling back to this in a little bit, but so he actually planned a trip for us to go visit his grandparents in North Carolina. And he sold it to me like this, that they have a beautiful home in the Carolinas, which it is beautiful. And his grandfather, who is an architect by training, designed it and built it himself. And they were getting older. So they were thinking of selling the home So he really wanted me to see it before it wasn't in the family anymore. And then right before our trip, he says, hey, pack some photogenic clothing. Grandma wants to get family pictures on the golf course, I think is what he said. Something like that. And I was like, weird, but okay. And And keep in mind, I was thinking weird because at this point, we were a year and a half into our relationship And I'm thinking, why does his grandma want me and family photos? But all right, (laughs) So we get there and I think on day two or three of our trip, I actually can't remember anymore. He says, okay, yeah, today we're going down to the, there's a beautiful waterfall on the golf course and she's hired a photographer. We're going to get pictures. And the photographer's in on this, obviously. So he gets some photos of grandpa and grandma by themselves. And then he's like, okay, well, we'll take some of the, just the young people. And so he's like, oh, maybe we'll stand up on this rock. And I turn around and Nick is down on one knee with the ring. He's really lucky that I didn't fall over backwards into the water because I am known to have pretty dramatic reactions. That is how he proposed. He later told me, so the day we arrived, we actually hiked one of the mountains over there. And I was dying. I'm a Houston girl, born and bred. It was elevation and I couldn't catch my breath. And it was a pretty cool day, but I was drenched in sweat. So he later on told me that his idea was to propose on top of the mountain. Have the photographer hike all the way up there with the equipment and get the pictures. And his dad talked him out of it. And apparently as we were climbing the mountain... He was thinking, well, thank God I didn't decide to propose on top of the mountain. Because I was sweaty and I was mad and I couldn't catch my breath. So no, it was probably good that he chose the waterfall. So funny story, you mentioning you got the whole speech that reminded me. We had looked at rings together. Like he was like, well, what kind of ring do you like? He wasn't exactly being Mr. Subtle, but he had also teased dear listeners, that he's like, well, what I propose, it's it's going to be so touching. I'm going to say <laughs> all the things and it's going to make you cry. It's going to be, I'm just, it's just going to be so touching. He got down on one knee and said, will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> and see, afterwards, when we were riding back in the golf cart to his grandparents' house, I said, 
Hey, I remember, seem to remember you were like, oh, I'm going to say all these things and it's totally going to make you cry. I cried anyway, but it wasn't because of things he said when he got down on one knee. And I was like, you chickened out, didn't you? It was the camera and the and the grandparents. And he was like, well, just, uh, uh, I can still make you cry. I'll just. So when we got back to our room that we were staying in, he actually got back down on one knee, made a really beautiful and very touching speech. Aww. But see, if the camera and the, all that stuff had been there, maybe Tony would have gotten stage fright like Nick did and just gone with the simple thing. <laughs> <laughs> and to kind of touch back again on how I think if your proposal was a 100% complete surprise because you hadn't even discussed with this guy engagement and marriage, that is a little bit scary. That's a little bit risky. It's definitely something that you do want to at least know that, okay, at this stage of our relationship, I'm ready to say yes. We've talked about it. I know that he's the one. And it's just the fun of how to get it done, how to get the question asked. For the guys out there, don't feel like it has to be a 100% complete surprise or else it wouldn't be it wouldn't be right. Yeah, because especially if you're committing to asking in public and guy, girl, whoever is proposing, if you haven't talked about it and you're committing to a very public proposal, you should also be maybe mentally prepared for a very public rejection. (laughs) how I kind of feel about it. Sure, they may say yes, And I most certainly hope they do, but man, it's not something that I think should be entered into lightly without feeling around about it first. I mean, surely y'all have talked about a life together, a future, which makes you feel that you should take this step. And I, I think most couples do. I think almost everyone does. I'm just saying this for the few mavericks out there (laughs) who you haven't talked about any of this and you feel like it's the time to propose well maybe you should uh maybe you should reel it back in a little bit and have that discussion (laughs) so speaking of which i do want to discuss one last thing should you take your significant other shopping if you're the one who's going to be doing the proposing like should, should you take them ring shopping with you is that giving away the surprise too much or how do you feel about that Well, obviously I had a special case because I cared a lot more about the diamond itself. He bought a loose diamond. And so I didn't go ring shopping, but we definitely looked at diamonds together. So my thing on that is you have to know your person. You have to know the person. If they are the type who knows exactly what it is that they want down to the design of the band, involve them. But the goal is to get them something they like. It's the one piece of jewelry that you will show off to people. And it's just that piece of jewelry that has so much meaning. And for some, like myself, it's literally one of the very few pieces of jewelry that I own. I don't really have any other rings. I cared more about the diamond and I let him have a little bit more freedom on choosing the band. But At least I would say, if you are unsure, bring one of her good girlfriends. That's a minimum. Don't try to go solo on your own because I have heard so many horror stories, honestly. And you would be surprised how much that best friend knows because for a lot of 
friends, especially when you're in that stage where other friends were getting engaged and you're looking at other people's engagement rings and pictures, you're probably having some short discussion about, hey, what would you like as your ring? And so that friend of hers will know in a good amount of detail about what she says she would like and more specifically what she said she would hate. Because I think that's the other thing, right? I've had people who say the worst one would be, let's say, a heart-shaped diamond. And lo and behold, he shows up to ask you with a heart-shaped diamond (laughs) ring. It makes it even more awkward. You know what I mean? Avoid all of that. This is something you will have to spend money on. It is expensive. So involve her if you know she knows what she wants already. But on the other hand, if you want to keep it a surprise, at least ask her friend. I wholeheartedly second that. I don't know that there's much more I have to add to this besides, I mean, if you're spending the rest of your life with this person, guy, girl, whatever, shouldn't you be open to asking what their taste in jewelry is? I don't understand the obsession with keeping them completely in the dark about a piece of jewelry that you expect them to wear more or less on a daily basis possibly for the rest of their life. So don't be the idiot who shows up with something your significant other absolutely hates, like she said. Do the homework, whether you ask a friend or you ask them yourself. I am a fan of the notion that if you're going to spend the rest of your life together, this is a discussion you should be able to have, just like all other discussions. So it's okay. It's perfectly fine to ask. And it's like she said, if you don't want to ruin the surprise, if you want to be more subtle, then just have a girlfriend ask or a boyfriend, whichever. Just have a friend ask because a friend is able to bring up the subject much more casually. Like, oh, I saw a ring I loved. Oh, what would you like? So then you can truly find out what they're looking for. So Elaine, what about you? How did Nick pick the ring for you? Did you help him? Did you guys talk about it first? How did it go? Nick did not enlist a friend. He just asked me and we talked about it. And we talked about it without the expectation that he was going to propose tomorrow. As a matter of fact, apparently he bought the ring like six months before he actually proposed. He just had it on hand in case he found the perfect occasion. And he made and rejected all these plans. It took him forever until he finally was just like, I'm committing to this. This is what I'm going to (laughs) do. So when he asked me about how I was feeling about getting engaged and spending the rest of our lives together, I said, "Uh, I'm feeling good about it, but let's talk about the jewelry that you're buying. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't shy and... I said, hey, it's just because I have to wear it every day. And we had this whole discussion. I, like Chi, really love diamonds. I was very particular about what I wanted. So what we actually ended up discussing as the compromise was that he would basically go and pick out a ring that wasn't necessarily diamond because he just wanted something beautiful to propose with. And I said, well, in that case, let's not spend too much money on it. <laughs> but then I fell in love with this beautiful gemstone aquamarine ring. And I'm really glad that I ended up deciding to go this route because 
we talked about looking at just some gemstone rings. So it wasn't just a diamond and another diamond or something like that. And I actually don't remember how it popped up on my, I think it was my newsfeed. I'm sure it was because Facebook was spying on me. <laughs> so, And the picture popped up and I was just, oh my God, that is the most beautiful ring I've ever seen. And I showed it to him and I was like, man, I love this ring. It is so pretty. And I said, but I think it's a little more than what I want us to spend on a, just the proposal ring, even though I am going to wear it and it is going to be a piece of jewelry that I treasure for the rest of my life. But if we're talking about maybe later on down the line, getting another diamond because I'm picky about the specs or whatever, then I don't want to spend this much money on this ring. And he said, don't worry about it. Just let me worry about that. I'm going to decide what I want to spend and whatever. And I was like, okay, fine, fine. You decide. And so then when he got down on one knee and actually proposed, that was the ring that he had buying. He said basically that I showed it to him and I just seemed to love it so much. And essentially the next day he went out and he bought the ring. And it was not crazy. We didn't spend crazy amounts on this ring, but it's one of the favorite pieces of jewelry I have in my collection not only because of all the beautiful memories that I have tied to it, but because I've gotten millions of compliments on it. What we ended up deciding actually to do for my wedding band is that I have this modern jewelry designer that I've loved for a long time. And I also had a ring that I inherited from my grandmother, which was diamond ring with diamond accents. And not that I don't love old settings sometimes, but it wasn't practical for daily wear. So I talked to Nick and said, hey, I think I would really just like to get this one reset. And we still haven't bitten the bullet and bought the other <laughs> I wanted. And that's really more on me. Honestly, at this point, I don't know if I'm ever going to bite the bullet and spend that money. <laughs> so I'm really glad that I love the rings that I have. <laughs> I actually think it's really clever how you guys... Compromise. The engagement is as much his story as it is yours. He likes to have a good story to tell. He wanted it to be a surprise. And I totally get it. That diamond, it's, I think it's such a personal experience to get to design your wedding band because it's one of those pieces of jewelry that has a built in story to it that people want to look at it and people want to hear the story behind it. And it's just fun. And it's a piece of joy that, like you said, you get to wear for the rest of your life. And you can even pass it down to your kids. It has special meaning. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I also don't think you should ask for the other person to break their bank. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you. Would you consider splitting the cost of the ring? If let's say you wanted something a little bit bigger and he didn't really have the funds for it. So I think it's really interesting that you ask that because that actually is something that I proposed to Nick. And I feel like I'm a very modern woman, very liberated, right? So I did tell him, hey, I would never ask you to spend this type of money on me and just carry that burden yourself. I'm down to split this or contribute or get you something. If there's a fancy watch or a something that you've been wanting that, you know, now you're spending money on this ring that I want, then I'll take the money and 
spend it on something else that you want, if that's how you want to do it. And even though he's very modern in so many ways, he's also very traditional in some other ones. And so, of course, he's like, no, I got this. It's okay. I, you know, I'll take care of it. But I definitely think that modern women, we have the ability to, you've been working and you have the funds to do it. You know, you certainly can volunteer to split the cost of something, but also my old boss, when I worked in events uh, and I worked with her for 10 years, when she told me the story of her engagement, that actually is what she had said to her husband and they got engaged in the eighties. So she was definitely ahead of her time. She told him, hey, there is this one ring that I really love, had my eye on for a long time. And I think that's the thing with us girls who love jewelry. Some girls love purses, some girls love shoes and we love jewelry and jewelry is not going to be an inexpensive buy most of the time. And she said literally the same thing to him. I would never ask anyone to go out and spend this amount of money on me by yourself. So I'm down to split it been something I've been saving up to buy myself anyway. And I would just like to have it for my engagement ring. What do you think? And he was down. And so that's the ring that they got. But everybody is different. And I think that's really the thing. That's really what Chi and I want to emphasize is that you should try to get a ring that your significant other loves because they are going to have to wear it for a very, very long time. Or at least they will own it for the rest of their life for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So Chi, how long was your engagement after y'all actually got engaged after you said yes? And why did you end up choosing May? <laughs> well, I actually don't quite remember how long we were engaged. I think the reason why we were planning to wait actually was because I was still finishing up my graduate school. We didn't feel a rush to get married. We've been together for 10 years. We felt like we were already married in some ways. And originally I wanted to pick a kind of like July 4th long weekend. So I was waiting, I suppose, for July 4th to fall on a Monday or a Friday. So that way people automatically had a longer weekend so they can celebrate with us. But we ended up moving to May because I wanted some outdoor pictures. And the summer in Texas is hot and humid. And I decided that in May we could have a better chance of having slightly milder weather. And that worked out for that timeline in that way. I totally understand. I think it's interesting how where you live really factors into when you're thinking of getting married. And that's actually kind of really how we ended up picking May, as a matter of fact, is that the primary thing for us picking our wedding date was, of course, Chinese superstition. <laughs> <laughs> Because my mom was like, just make sure you pick a day that's lucky. I suppose a small part of me was like, maybe I should just follow this superstition so we have a nice, long, healthy marriage. And weirdly, I always wanted a long engagement. And so I had found a date in, I think, October of 2019. And my mother was like, why? It's so long. Why does your engagement need to be more than a year? You're not getting any younger. TikTok, let's get you married as soon as possible. I think she was afraid Nick was going to change his mind. I was definitely <laughs> older. So then it ended up being, I think, the May date or a June date. And 
Nick kiboshed the June date due to the potential heat of Houston. So that's how we really ended up with the May date. Basically, our engagement, even though I wanted to have more time, ended up being almost exactly a year. So... Thanks for listening in today, everybody. That concludes this two-part series of Easier with a Friend. We hope you had fun looking back with us. Just a little reminder, if you've enjoyed tuning in, take a couple minutes to reach out to a friend today. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any new episodes. Follow us on Instagram at Easier with a Friend, on our Facebook page, Easier with a Friend, or email us at easierwithafriend at gmail.com.